You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. I'm Ursula. I'm a food addict. I've been in... uh, I started out in FA and then I switched to OA90, um, but I started out in 2003. So I'm like 18 years um, weighing and measuring and absent and I've lost about 90 pounds. So um, this is like the before and after um, swimsuit competition picture is me and my kiddo um, when she was a little baby and then a few years into program after I'd lost my weight. Hello. Hi. Hello to, sounds like, okay, um, next, next page, I guess. Um, this is me and my kiddo back in like 2002, and then we were trying to recreate that picture. This was in um, Breckenridge, Colorado. I know we have, uh, I think we have a Denver person, so um, I grew up in Colorado. This was Breckenridge, and so this is just kind of showing the, the before and after picture with her and then um next page and then this was two months before i came into program this was like 2002 i was about 230 pounds and then next page um and then this is traveling before and after so the top one i i was an exchange student in japan um when i was in college so that was like 1992 And then below is, um, went to Peru and I went to Spain and it's just a reminder to me that I, you know, I can take this program on the road if I'm willing and, you know, do my homework and footwork and prep work. I can, I can stay abstinent on, on the road and even internationally. So, um, going to Machu Picchu especially was, was pretty cool. We just had a we were staying at a bed and breakfast and I emailed ahead and explained my whole dealy Bob. So, you know, they sent me off with uh, dinner leftovers and a Tupperware that morning off to, off to Machu Picchu. So just kind of an amazing, an amazing journey there. So that's uh, enough for the pictures and thank you for sharing those for me. Um, so yeah, what it was like, um, I, I can remember being a compulsive eater from the time I was a little kid. I was, I was a roly poly baby and I just, it's like an ever expanding thing. I don't really have a story of yo-yoing. Um, I just expanded uh, from being an overweight, shy, asthmatic kid to being um, an overweight, shy, asthmatic, you know, (laughs) young person. (laughs) I'm still pretty shy and asthmatic, but um, I'm a normal weight since it took me about 18 months to lose my weight. Um, I So I can remember self-medicating, especially with sugar, from very early. Um, I used to 
I can remember coming home after school, I would hop out of the car, run into the house uh, after school. I would hop up on the counter and literally just like toss back a quarter cup of sugar out of the bin on the, out of the little thing on the counter. It was like, I call it like the after school drink, you know, for the, for the elementary school set. It was like a way to, to kind of take the edge off. I was just always anxious, always anxious as a child, just high strung, um, and still fight anxiety a bit, you know, to this day. So anyway, I, I used sugar to self-medicate and, and anesthetize. And I remember hearing years ago, they, there was a study with, um, mice showing that sugar is actually like a physical anesthetic. Um, you know, it really does have that anesthetic quality. So I really used it in that way. And I, you know, I self-medicated with food and sugar because it worked to some extent, you know, I mean, it has negative consequences, but I don't think we turn to these things if we aren't feeling something as a result of it, you know, and the weight, um, you know, I remember feeling overweight for the first time really at probably age seven or something. I mean, just sort of tragically early having that body awareness and, and feeling unhappy with my body. I, you know, I wish I could have enjoyed a longer period of time as, as just a, a freewheeling little human, you know, before I had that kind of self-loathing start to set in. And, um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. My parents were supportive, but they only had the tools available to them, which were sort of like, you know, bribery, shame, um, you know, I remember my mom saying, do you want to be fat your whole life? You know, I'm like, no, but you know, we just didn't have the the tools to deal with addiction. We just didn't think of it that way, you know? And I, and in the eighties when I was a teenager, you know, that was like the low fat craze. And I feel like that low fat road was just, you know, put, take out the fat, add sugar to everything. And it was like the road to hell, you know, <laughs> it was like, um, just terrible, just terrible. And it's sort of the, the dawn of all the weird, um, you know, artificial sweeteners and stuff. And just, uh, you know, it didn't work. It didn't work out well for me. So I am, um, the the extent of my yo-yoing is in high school I did lose 25 pounds I was on a special diet it was it was like 800 calories a day or something and I was checking in every day and um you know ultimately it wasn't sustainable for me and so I managed to graduate high school and then I immediately packed on all the 25 pounds again and and then added some and that was before I even got to college to start on the freshman 15 you know <laughs> Uh, so it was, it was just, it was just dark. And then in, in grad school, I also went on another kind of, you know, medically sort of sponsored diet thing. And, and it was, um, ratios of carbs, fat, and protein. And they would, you know, they figured out this ratio of calories for me and I would be done with all the carbs by like eight in the morning you know, and then I would just have to figure out how to eat protein and fat the rest of the day. And that's when I started to realize, and even the person I was working with in the program at that time said, you know, I think you have a problem with carbs, you know, and now it's like, wow, you think, <laughs> um, yeah, pretty sure. So, but I, you know, I just didn't put it all together until I stumbled into 
uh, FA actually in in 2003. So I didn't I didn't know about OA FA OA how you know I I had no idea the whole world of of the varieties of the food programs out there. I just happened to stumble onto that one uh, because you know thanks to intergroup outreach I saw something in a newspaper and I. I told my husband at the time, I said, I'm going to this weird meeting and I know I got started and this really mean lady with a Boston accent told me to call it the crack of dawn and report my food and weigh everything and do all these tools. And, um, it was really difficult and, and scary, but I just, I knew that somehow I was finally addressing the root of the problem, right? It wasn't, it's not just about the food. It's about everything and taking away the triggering substances is really the key to it. So it, um, so I got started with her and luckily I'm a people pleaser. So I just did what the mean lady said and, you know, started to drop weight really quickly. And I just kept thinking, well, I'll stay in one more month. I'll do this one more month. I'll do this one more month, you know? And I, like the first month I lost like 12 pounds and then another 12 pounds and then 11 and then 10, you know, it started to slow down as I, as I got closer to goal weight. But, um, you know, I finally started to, to realize some relief from actually almost immediately. I started to realize relief from the self-loathing, which was huge. And I remember someone else in program speaking at group level and saying, you know, for the amount of time I've been in program, I haven't hated myself. And, and that's really how I feel too. I'm not saying that every day I think I'm an amazing, you know, human, but I don't hate myself the way I used to when I was in the food and just completely unaccountable to myself and, you know, breaking my promises to myself every day, which just felt terrible. And I just, um, you know, it colored my whole life. Like if something good happened, I was like, this is good, but I'm also overweight or this is bad. And I'm overweight. You know, it was just always with me. And so to finally have accountability and be making, you know, good progress and showing up to myself every day, that was huge for me. It made a huge mental difference. Um, it, so, yeah, so what it was like was, you know, like I said, self-medicating and hating myself and um, not feeling good in my, in my body or in the world. After program, after I got into program, um, like I said, those self-loathing went away, the cravings went away. I lost the weight. You know, like I said, it took 18 months, but the weight came off. I finally felt good um, about what I was patterning as a parent. That's part of the reason I came in. I had this little one, and I just didn't want to be. I didn't want to be an obese parent. You know, picking her up at the at school. And I wanted to be patterning good behavior and I just could not do that on my own. So uh, finally felt, you know, a bit better as a parent. Um, going through the steps really helped me with my relationships and with my parenting. You know, again, not an award-winning parent every minute of the day, but, you know, certainly uh, showing up with a lot more presence and capability than I was before. Um, the kid is now uh, in college and, you know, happily has, has probably only has memories of me in program, which I, you know, I'm very grateful for. And, you know, when, when she struggled with food, 
I put the blame squarely where it belongs, which is on the food and on the brain chemistry. You know, it's not willpower. It's not, you know, we really need, need to point out where the blame is and, and society, I feel takes some blame too, for, you know, contrary messages, marketing portion sizes, you know, just, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but you know, it's, (laughs) it's tough out there. It's scary. Um, so what it's like now is, um, you know, what I remember feeling is that I got a lot of my brain capacity back. Like a lot of my brain bandwidth was taken up with, um, where's the food? What should I be eating? What shouldn't I be eating? Um, how much exercise have I done? You know, I, I remember when my kid was very little, it would be like, you know, get up, have a healthy breakfast, put her down for bed, eat something bad, get her up again, have a healthy lunch, put her back down for nap, eat something unhealthy. You know, I was living like a double life. I was living like the good pattern, healthy uh, parent life. And then when she was asleep, I was eating everything else. And uh, yeah, so when I, you know, when I got abstinent, I was just able to be my authentic self all the time. And and be accountable. And and it was so much better. Um, at work, you know, when I started going back to work, um, you know, my brain capacity was there. I was able, instead of trolling around the office for food, I was able to put my brain capacity towards doing what I was supposed to be doing. And since I've been in program, I've heard so many people talk about, you know, wandering around the office looking for food. And so like here I thought everyone else was walking around the office doing important office things. And now I know probably 50% of them were also just looking around for food. <laughs> um, you know, and I had stuff squirreled away in desk drawers and everything. I just had to have my little fixes all the time. So now, you know, at work, I can just, I can just work and it's, it's, it's nice to be living up to my uh, potential is kind of how I think of it. I sort of felt like I had wasted potential before. Um, You know, spiritually, I grew up really without much um, organized religion, um, but I really now resonate kind of with the sort of some of the Buddhist principles of being present and grateful and, Um, you know, honestly, that's, that's a a pretty good challenge for me right there, you know, to be on, to be, to be present in the day and grateful for what I have. And I am part of a spiritual community, um, here in Sunnyvale, it's Unitarians, Unitarian Universalists. And, you know, it's, it's great to be part of that community. And it's also great to be part of the OA community. It's there's something um, magical about the F, you know, these, these OA, you know, being, having this shared affliction is how I've called it. Having this shared affliction. Thank you. There's a language we share that normies out there just don't share. Right. So even though I've never met most of you, I could probably call you and say like, I'm, working on this thing at work and it's making me hungry, you know, whereas a normal person would be like, I don't understand the connection. What are you talking about? Or I could call, you know, someone and say, taxes make me want to go open the refrigerator. And, you know, you would get it. Normies would not get it. Right. Um, You know, after 18 years, I feel like 
it's, you know, the call to the food is much less, but there's still kind of that behavior. I'll, you know, I'll still go look for like, is there like sparkling water or tea or something? You know, I just, I still kind of circle back. I still end up in the kitchen a lot more maybe than I would want to, you know, so I, there's still always room for a, improvement. Um, I know someone in program who's, who had a story about someone got injured and she ran to the refrigerator and then she was like, Oh wait, I need to run to get a band aid." you know, <laughs> but like that's, that's kind of like the thinking, like, you know, a lot, I tried to solve a lot in the refrigerator and uh, you know, it was not, it was not helpful. It's not, it's a fake friend. Um, what I've learned is I just cannot, I can't do this on my own. I need this program. I need the support of the group. I think of it like a, like a herd of deer or reindeer or something, you know, where you, you got to stay in with the group. You stray away, you're going to get picked off, you know? <laughs> so I just want to stay with the group of people that are having success and, you know, fend off the sort of toxic society and messaging and portions and strange concoctions and just live in the middle where where there's self-improvement and self-love and appreciation for each other and our progress. Um, I guess the, just to sort of wrap up, I'm, this is of course an unprecedented year. And as I saw someone said on social media, like, does anyone else just wish we could have a little bit of precedented time? Like, would that be too much to ask? Just, just a wee bit of precedented time would be great. Um, you know, this is like the year that, that took all the dares or something. I don't even know how to, <laughs> but I'm very grateful to program because it's given me uh, boundaries and it's given me structure. And as someone else already said, you know, without boundaries, I wander off. I get, you know, I get crazy without a structure. And so it's, you know, while the days still blur together a little bit, I know that if it's this day I'm at a meeting, if it's that day I'm talking to a sponsee and et cetera, et cetera, it kind of helps guide me and keep me, keep me centered and grounded. So I'm just, you know, I'm grateful to be putting my food on the scale every day and weighing and measuring so that my brain is free to think about other things. Like I no longer have to try and manage that myself. I can just um, weigh it, measure it, forget it, you know, go on and live life in between these meals. Um, and that's something that I never could do before program. So I'm grateful mentally, physically, and spiritually to be in this group and to be on this path and to know that there's all of us out there you know, making these choices and, and being part of this is very heartening to me and grounding. And I, I'm very grateful that I was invited to share with you today. So thank you.